Welcome to The Untrue Show, my personal journal covering pop culture, millennial life, relationships, and career from an untrue point of view, hosted by me, Dana Jones. And I'm so happy to be back podcasting. I feel like so much stuff is going on in the world today, but I think in this little corner of the world, coming to podcasts and putting together shows for you guys is really exciting for me. It's really fun and it's something that I look at as a really great outlet and I hope that you guys love listening. So thanks for coming back or thanks for joining for the first time. I'm going to be transparent here. I'm recording in my morning time time. (laughs) Normally I record in the mornings if you're a regular listener and I actually just ate hibachi for breakfast. Leftover hibachi. I don't have any apologies to give about that it was really good and I'm drinking water so balance I guess but (laughs) welcome and I'm so glad you're here and today I'd really like to talk about um you know some of the things that are going on right now for instance with the death of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd I think a lot of people are looking to expand their knowledge on racial relations which I think is an amazing idea because if you're not careful, it's really easy to live in a, a world that is not diverse, in a world that is not, um, I want to say that world that wears rose-colored glasses to racial issues. And racial issues exist, racial challenges exist, and there are barriers that minorities have to deal with that people who are not minorities don't. So I was glad to see you know, some of the trending books moving in the direction of educating people about racial things that they're maybe not aware of or oblivious to. So I was glad to see that, but I was really disappointed to see that one of the top trending movies right now about race on Netflix is The Help. This is really problematic for so many reasons. I mean, if you've ever seen The Help, I think I read The Help, the book, before I saw the movie, and then I read a lot of controversy around the book because essentially The Help is, to me, a white savior narrative. And that is wherein a white person is saving a black person and helping them get help and helping them find their voice, which is in itself is pretty problematic. Uh, But I think ultimately The Help is a story about maids who are black and how they're mistreated and how they're marginalized and how they're taken for granted. And I wouldn't look to it to teach anyone about racial relations or racial tensions. And I'm even reading up to, you know, to research all the information about this show that I wanted to share with you. And Bryce Dallas Howard, who's, I want to say, essentially the villain of The Help, is telling people to please not watch The Help because there's so many better narratives out there that can support stories about Black people, period. Um, And this is a quote directly from Bryce Dallas Howard's Facebook page. She says, This being said, The Help is a fictional story told through the perspective of a white character and was created by predominantly white storytellers. We can go all go further. So take it from a star of the movie. She's telling you to watch other things and go after other stories that are actually told by black people. And I think that's an important baseline to have for a story about race is that it's a story told by a black person last fall I went to see that movie waves and 
I don't know if you guys have heard about Waves. I'm not endorsing that anyone go see it by any means, but I it's a story about toxic masculinity and a black family. And while I was there, it was just very gut-wrenching. I mean, watching something on screen about being a toxic man is a lot. But in researching the movie after, I realized it was written by a white person. And some of the little details in the movie, I think, missed, missed the point of the story that it could have been or was capable of being because they they were not aware to some of the nuances of being black, but they tried to assume or they tried to misinterpret or misalign with them. And now I wouldn't tell anyone to watch that movie because I found that out. And because some scenes I felt like were just, just too much and just not, just not in line with something I'd want to recommend to people. It just wasn't. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot like the help. Um, and I wouldn't, encourage people to go see it because of that so anyway in getting away from all the things that you should not watch I'm really going to focus on some of the things and some of the great pieces of media out there that you could watch if you really like to know more about being black period being black in America being a black person existing while black thriving while black because there's so many movies by black people that can support that goal that can tell you and fill you in about what it's like that are told by black people or at least have black people at the table to help write and create them because that's really important you can't tell someone's story without having them at the table or inviting them to give their perspective on it so i'm going to focus on films and movies like that and i'm going to give you guys a list so you can check them out so we're going to start with the g-rated stuff I think instead of watching The Help, you could very easily watch Zootopia. It talks about race. It talks about um, classism and a divide between different species at a level I think is very elementary that kids could understand. So I would start there, very PG. Another one I would go to is Princess and the Frog. And the reason I say Princess and the Frog is because in my recollection, Tiana is the only princess who actually had a job and career dreams. If you look at all the princess stories, I can't think of any other ones that had a job, that they were saving money, that were denied the opportunity to build on their dream due to their stature as a woman of color. Even though they don't explicitly say that, you can kind of read between the lines. Is that's why she was shut out of getting the opportunity to purchase the restaurant in the early beginning of the story before she turned into a frog. Those are two that I'd say you can watch with your kids, easy to digest, and they really get to the surface of things. They kind of get things started. So a couple other ones that I recommend, and I really want to only wanted to recommend ones that I've seen. So I know there's so many more out there, but there these are just ones that I've seen. Um, the next I'm going to go with is Sorry to Bother You. So Sorry to Bother You is about code switching. And if you don't know what code switching is, Sorry to Bother You will tell you. But I thought Lakeith Stanfield was really great in the movie. Tessa Thompson's in the movie. And I found it to be really interesting and a really, really different spin on this story. I mean, they took kind of a humorous take towards the end of it. Got kind of strange, but... 
overall, I think that, yeah, I think I, it was a good movie. It was a little, little, little awkward at the end, but I think awkward in a way that is interesting to an extent. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But uh, I definitely would say check that one out. If you don't know anything about code switching, it's definitely something that we, at, at least I as a woman of color, feel like I've had to do before. So I'd recommend checking it out and seeing, you know, what it is, why people do it, how it benefits us to do it. And yeah, in a, in a humorous way, because that movie is humorous and interesting and odd. <laughs> so another film I'd recommend is If Beale Street Could Talk. It's just a beautiful, beautiful movie. I had the privilege of seeing it in theaters with the director, actually like standing up in front of everybody, Barry Jenkins, and talking about the story. And I had never seen Moonlight when I went to see If Beale Street Could Talk. But it motivated me to go back and watch Moonlight because I had all these assumptions of what I thought it would be about, but I'll get to that next. So if Beale Street Could Talk is based on the James Baldwin novel, and it's a love story, but it's based on someone who's wrongfully accused and, you know, because of his race and accused of a crime and sentenced to, to time in jail because of what he was accused of. They never really found proof that he even did it, but someone just said he did. And that happens a lot in our community where you're accused of something, you probably didn't do it, and you're punished just because someone said you did, a white person said you did. So I'd highly recommend that one. It's just a really, really beautiful film. And part of me wishes it was a love story without the tragedy part of being wrongfully accused and going to jail because it's just so beautiful. The clothing, the people, the lighting, the the skin and the complexions of the people in the film. Um, Regina King won an Oscar for that one and it was so rightly deserved. She did such an amazing job and I just... It, I think I would watch that movie again and again if it wasn't for the tragedy in it. And I feel so sad saying that because, like I said, it's just so beautiful. But I don't want to relive the trauma of the tragedy or the the really sad parts of it. So I've only watched it once for now, but I, I definitely recommend that you guys watch it. Check it out if you haven't seen it. So... In talking about if Beale Street Katog and Barry Jenkins, who directed it, I kind of want to shift over to Moonlight. It wasn't on my list, but I definitely think that I need to add it to my list because when you talk about seeing the beauty of black skin on screen, I think you can't not talk about Moonlight because everyone's complexion just was so illuminated in that movie and it was so beautiful. And I have to admit this about myself is I had some bias about seeing Moonlight because I assumed it was about one thing but in hearing Barry Jenkins talk at the If Bill Street Could Talk screening I was intrigued to see it and I watched it I want to say I watched it on Netflix or Amazon Prime whenever it got there and I was like wow I was denying myself the beauty of this movie with these assumptions that I had that of what it was about because it wasn't about what I thought it would be about. It was about a little boy who's lost a little boy who was forgotten. Um, I was talking to my cousin about it and she said she had these preconceived notions too. And that 
the movie was really about a boy who was thrown away and he really was thrown away. He was forgotten about and just not given the nurturing, loving, caring environment to become a healthy functioning adult. Uh, I think that's the best way to put it. But when I tell you like the actors were so well cast in this movie and there's a lot of hues of blue and purple and deep skin tones and complexions. And those are the things that I remember about the movie most, even sometimes more than the the story, which there was a lot of beauty in the story, too, of pretending to be something that you're not. And then going back to that child within to realize, like, this is not who I am but it's okay to be who I, who I am. It's okay to be that person. And how do I get back to that person? So I really recommend that one. It's just so beautiful. I mean, that that's the best way to describe it. Just, it's beautiful to see our complexion on screen in a way that magnifies it. And I think Moonlight does a really good job of that. So I would suggest seeing that one. And, and if you've heard things about it that you felt like are preventing you from seeing it, Um, I have a cousin who told me he refused to watch it because he felt like it was about, you know, two gay men or being gay. And he actually is interested in being in film. And I'm like, if you want to be in film, this is the film you need to see. It won Best Picture and it totally deserved Best Picture because it's such a beautiful, beautiful movie. And so um, I think he's missing out by having a preconceived notion about what he thinks it is about because it's less about that than it is about um you know just just beauty it's just beauty on screen i put it that way (laughs) all right so moving on to the next movie suggestion if you have disney plus i'll never forget watching this movie when i was a kid and it's called the color of friendship so it's about a family in DC. Um, I want to say the dad is, he's in politics and there's a family in South Africa and they sign up to get a foreign exchange student. And the gag is, or the twist is that the South African student is white coming to stay with a black family in DC. So all the nuances that go with that. And then it's happening in the apartheid. So as the apartheid was going on, is happening during that time frame. So the white South African coming over is very prejudiced and has a lot of issues adjusting, and it shows them navigating the differences between them as people from two different backgrounds. The white South African had had um, black maids and just these preconceived notions about people of color. And so I think that the movie... I mean, it's on Disney Plus. It was a Disney Channel movie. Um, and I just remember seeing it and I've rewatched it again. And I'm like, wow, this had a lot to it. And I think it could teach people a lot of things. And it's, you know, rated for kids. So I'd say watch it with your kids. Maybe a kid like 10, 8 to 10 could kind of get everything that's going on. It's probably going to appeal more to girls because it's about two girls. And yeah, I'd recommend that one. I think it's a really good way to get exposed to to race and differences if you're a kid. Uh, another one that I would recommend is The Hate You Give. So it's based on a book and I didn't read the book, but um, I'm that person who likes to read the book before I see the movie. But for this one, 
I saw it on a plane and it was just such a great movie. I want to say it was filmed in Atlanta. So that was cool to see, but it was based in California, I think, but it was filmed in Atlanta. So I recognize a couple Atlanta places and the storytelling was really good. It's about, um, uh, I want to spoil it for you guys, but it's about race relations and racial tension around, um, a death, a, you know, a death that shouldn't have happened and a shooting that shouldn't have happened, kind of like some of the things that we're seeing in reality. So it's not too far from reality. And the main character is named Star. She's a teenager. And I just really enjoyed it. Regina Hall is in this one. She does a really good job. Um, the dad is in it. And Anthony Mackie, I said the dad, like I gave his name as the actor, but the man who plays uh, Star's dad does a really, really, really good job. He has a past and he went to jail, but now he's you know, reform, he owns a store and he's just getting his life together. Um, and yeah, I want to say, uh, Sabrina Carpenter, I think that's her name from girl meets world is in it. And her characters is, you know, really staunchly blue lives matter. And yeah, so that was very, it's very interesting to see that dynamic and how she's, you know, 16 or 15 a teenager and thinking having these really set views and really stands up for them so watching those things was it you know it's a tough movie to swallow to an extent but I think that it, it's a really good film and I would recommend that one for sure so another thing that we could you know that you could watch that is not the help I would say is The Great Debaters The Great Debaters is a really good film uh, about a debate team and Denzel Washington is in it. And, um, I'd, I'd highly recommend that one. I don't remember all the details of it as I'm talking through it, but it's just a really great story of an all black debate team. And it's based on a true story going up against Harvard. And I want to say they won the debate. And so just talking through their journey and watching Denzel Washington coach them, we actually watched this a clip of the great debaters in my class, organizational behavior class. And we talked about leadership and how they motivate people and watching Denzel go through maybe four or five different motivational styles to encourage and, and hype his team up was really cool. And my teacher was just really explaining to us how Denzel taps into all the different aspects of leadership development and the way that you coach people in those moments. So I'm almost compelled to go back and watch it so I can remember some of these little tidbits that I've missed and I, I'm forgetting. Uh, another movie I'd put on this list is The uh, Hidden Figures. So excluding the part with Kevin Costner tearing down the bathroom sign, because that definitely didn't happen. Um, for the most part, I'd say the story is just really beautiful and the story is done really well and I think it shows Katherine Johnson and all the contributions she had to the NASA launch and two other women I don't remember their names as well but it shows the story of three women who who greatly contributed to um NASA through their expertise and their their leadership so I'd highly recommend that one but don't don't give the Kevin Costner plotline too much too much investment of your time. I think that was a bit of a white savior push within a movie that really didn't need it. 
Yeah, I would I would not give his part too much thought. It should have been left out. <laughs> um, another one that I would say is if you're looking for something that talks about being a black woman and the pride within that, watch Homecoming with Beyonce. It is just phenomenal. It shows off all of her gifts and her talents and her giving pride, not giving pride or giving a stage and a platform to what it's like to go to an HBCU. So I didn't go to one, but I've been to homecomings for HBCU and I've been to football games for HBCU and they're just so joyous. I mean, they're so fun and exciting and thrilling. There's a lot of dancing. There's a big band. Football is not really top of mind at these type of games, but it's there too. And most of all, there's camaraderie. You're getting to know people around you and you're meeting up with people that, you know, you know from the past or, you know, friends and reconnecting. So I would really recommend watching Homecoming. I mean, it's it's just phenomenal. I, I still listen to the soundtrack a lot. And in leading from Homecoming, I'd say watch Becoming, which is a Michelle Obama documentary talking about her book tour and going through some of her life experiences, visiting where she grew up in Chicago, talking to her mom. I want to say Oprah and Gail were on there for a second. And yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't call myself Michelle Obama stan, but I did buy Becoming. I bought Becoming the Journal. And so I think that Becoming the Documentary is a really good extension of both of those things. And just an add-on even the music in becoming is pretty it it's it's on brand for michelle but it's also kind of hip and cool so i want to google the soundtrack now that i'm i'm reliving that uh memory of the music because it was really great all right so continuing on i didn't realize my list was this long but i'm ready to keep going another one i would put on here is dear white people so dear white people the film i i enjoyed the film a little bit more than the tv show though the tv show is is good too if you want to go that route but the film has tessa thompson and um tyler james i think is his name the guy from everybody hates chris who's really really great in it and so it really talks about like racial tension on a college campus which i think is a good story because some schools that happens a lot and you know all black dorm and different things like that i i thought it was really well shot and really cool film so i would recommend checking that one out I, another one on my list is Watchmen, the HBO show. So, uh, Regina King is in this one and she does a really, really great job. And it touches on the Tulsa, Oklahoma bombings. Uh, I want to say a retelling of that, uh, experience and goes from that time into modern day today, but it touches on racial tension and racial, racial conflicts and stuff that have happened. I think she does such a great job on the show and the coloring of it. I mean, it just something about it was really cool. I saw Watchmen, the film, years back, and it just wasn't as illuminating as this TV show. Maybe because the TV show was more relevant to the times today, and I want to say the other movie more stuck to, you know, comic book type tropes and plot lines. But I really, really liked it, so I'd recommend that one. Then there's Remember the Titans. And Denzel, again, is a coach. I think Denzel does a good job as the coach or leader. So... I'd recommend that one. It was pretty good. Uh, I think that covers all my movies and films. If for other things, I kind of made a list of music that you could listen to. And there's so many songs out there that I think apply to everything we're experiencing right now. 
I would start if you want a full album experience with Solange, A Seat at the Table. I think for me in adulthood, it's the first album that came out that I just listened to start to finish. And I was like, this was made for black women. I mean, just, it just felt like something that was just for me. Uh, if you want to take it back a couple years, I'd say listen to Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation. And even the Janet album, I feel like they're two two totally different spectrums. One is more about love um, and just being loved, which I really appreciate as a woman of color. It's just like, we're here, love me and appreciate me. And this is the way love goes. And this is what it's like. And Rhythm Nation is a little bit more about, you know, starting a revolution and about politics and the state of the world today. And looking more to like a modern day Rhythm Nation, I point to Beyonce formation. It reminds me a lot of Rhythm Nation in some ways, but it's definitely updated for modern times. And I think, you know, Janet walked so Beyonce could fly because it's definitely a little bit of a stronger statement. I mean, she performed in military type attire at the Super Bowl. And I know some people felt a way about it, but I don't think Janet Jackson would have ever gotten away with that. Look at how much backlash she got from performing at the Super Bowl and everything that happened. But uh, I definitely recommend Beyonce Formation, listening to it and just getting into that. Kendrick Lamar's album, Damn, Would We Gonna Be Alright? I like that one. Love that's on there. Throwing it back, I'd say listen to Queen Latifah, Black Rain. If you've never heard that one, I've really liked that one. And I know a lot of people out there didn't know, or I had a coworker who didn't know, that Queen Latifah was a rapper before she was an actress. Shocking, right? <laughs> if you didn't know, now you know, because I'm telling you, but some of my peers, I was talking to a girl I worked with, and I'm like, what's your favorite Queen Latifah movie? She's like, bringing down the house. I'm like, you need to be exposed to some other Queen Latifah movies like Juice or Last Holiday or Soul, no, not Soul Food, or uh, Set It Off. Queen Latifah was not in Soul Food, so forgive me for that slip. But Set It Off, like there's just so many other movies. Secret Life of Bees. I mean, we can keep going and going about Queen Latifah on screen because there's so many movies that she was in that are great that are not bringing down the house. I am a big Steve Martin fan. I am a big Queen Latifah fan. I thought it was humorous, but it was a lot like what the help is to an extent because it played on these tropes and yeah, don't watch that one. <laughs> so Black Rain has UNITY on it, Just Another Day, which are two of my most favorite Queen Latifah songs. I would recommend just checking it out. It's just, it's a vibe. So go to it, see what it's all about. Learn about Queen Latifah being a rapper before she was an actress, because I'm telling you, she was a rapper first. <laughs> Even checking out Living Single is going to be better than watching Bringing Down the House. Just, just, just hear me out on those. Uh, another one I would recommend, you know, being from Atlanta, Goody Mob, Soul Food, uh, and which I loved as a kid. I mean, I remember listening to it a lot and, really just being into it it I I think when I was younger I didn't realize how great Atlanta music was like I would hear it on the radio and I almost take it for granted like cell therapy I remember listening to that a lot and 
just being really into the whole album without realizing what I was listening to because I never bought a full Goody Mob album, but I was hearing it on the radio all the time. And in leaving Atlanta and hearing other radio stations, I'm like, this is nothing like what we get at home. <laughs> and I realized how spoiled we were with, with hearing our artists on our radio often, all the time, you know, and really getting into those things. I'm going to also put Outcast on here. So I... I remember Equimini, I think the most, but AT Aliens, like the Elevator song, I remember when that came out and just, just get into those. Maybe it doesn't directly speak to the topic at hand, but it will definitely expose you to the Atlanta sound and Outkast's greatness before it got to more of the mainstream stuff. So check them out. And then I put Most Def Black on both sides on here because I just really started getting into that. Um... You know, I didn't listen to as much rap as a kid because, you know, I wasn't picking my own music. (laughs) I listened to a lot more R&B and my dad's really into jazz. So those were kind of my things. And then whatever was on the radio. So as an adult, you know, having Apple Music, we can listen to whatever we want. So I just remember hearing Miss Fat Booty by uh, Most Def when I was younger and like really getting into that and be like, wow, this is cool and different and hip. And I can dig it. So those are some of the albums I'd get into. What do you guys suggest? Have you have you have like this album epiphany around, um, you know, being black and blackness that you really love or experience that you've had with music? Let me know those. I mean, I feel like I could go on and on with the music part, but I'm going to leave it with those. And I hope that I mentioned a movie that you maybe haven't seen and you'd like to see now. Uh, There are a couple others that I put on here. They weren't my favorites, but I think you could learn something from watching them if you haven't seen them before, like Selma. Uh, Even Bring It On is a better, more accurate representation of racial divide than The Help. So if you've never seen Bring It On, I'm a cheerleader. So of course I saw it when it came out. I remember going to theaters to see it and how excited I was to see cheerleading as a sport represented on screen. But it talks about two cheerleading squads. There's a white cheerleading squad and there's a black cheerleading squad. And Gabrielle Union is in it and Kirsten Dunst is in it. And Elijah Dushku, I think that's how you pronounce her name, and Black, the music group. And what happens is the white cheerleading squad is stealing all their moves from the black cheerleading squad. So it mirrors real life where um, black creatives work is being stolen and taken for granted and other people's names are being put on it. Reminds me a lot of my episode about uh, the titled Renegade, where I talk about someone stealing my projects at work. It's that kind of idea where you're doing all the labor and putting in all the love to what you want to do and you're creating. And then someone straight up putting their name on what you did. And so this white squad has won whatever the equivalent to a national title is through cheerleading competitions, because there's so many different cheerleading competitions. The one that I participated in in college was UCA national championships for college. I'm not sure of the equivalent for this squad, but that's neither here nor there. They are multiple time champions because they've been taking the black squads routines and the black squad has not had the ability to go to these competitions and compete on that scale because they don't have the resources and the money to fund their dreams. So they end up writing this letter to, um, the equivalent of Oprah in the movie (laughs) and get the money and they're able to go. And I won't spoil it all if you've never seen it, but 
ultimately what I'm trying to say is you should. It's it's a good story about racial dynamics without getting too traumatic and it's still really fun. So I'd say check that out. Anything that I've recommended, watch it before you watch The Help, expecting it to teach you about race. Take my word for it. <laughs> Hit you guys with the LeVar Burton at the end. But thank you so much for listening. I always get so much joy from being back on the podcast. I hope that you connect with me across all the other social channels. I'm on Facebook as The Great Dana J, Instagram and Twitter as The Great Dana J as well. You can follow my podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Store, and at my host site, which is Podbean. And Podbean's awesome. No, no sponsorship there. Uh, but just shout out to them. I really enjoyed hosting my podcast there. And you can connect with me at Dana at the great If you'd like to send an email, give my podcast high rating if you love it. And if you don't give me some feedback, let me know what I can adjust on. Thank you for listening. And I will be back. Enjoy all of the, the music and movies I recommended. And let me know what you think of them. Bye.